This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Today is Tuesday, August 20th, 2019. On this day, in 1966, the bodies of two Brazilian electricians, Manuel Pereira da Cruz and Miguel José Viana, were found atop Vintame Hill in the Rio de Janeiro suburb of Niderói. What made this discovery so notorious was the strange lead masks covering the dead men's eyes, giving this incident the colloquial name of the Lead Masks Case. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Every day we tell a timely story from true crime history, then analyze the historical impact of that day's events. Today we're going back to August 20th, 1966, the day two corpses were found on a hill in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, surrounded by strange objects that only made their deaths more mysterious. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. We'll begin in mid-afternoon on August 20th, 1966, atop a high hill in Rio. The afternoon was clear and windy, perfect kite-flying weather, but taking advantage of that wasn't easy. The packed streets of Rio weren't exactly known for their wide-open spaces. To find a clear run, 18-year-old Jorge da Costa Alves climbed up Vintame Hill. Just getting there was quite the trek. Vintame Hill was located in the suburb of Niderói, about five miles from the city center. Then, once he got to the hill, he still had to pick his way through the overgrown vegetation. Finally, Georgi broke through the brush and emerged atop the hill's relatively exposed summit. There were still a few overgrown patches, but there was enough room to gain the momentum he needed to get his kite airborne. As he concentrated on maneuvering his kite through the air, Georgi walked backwards into a patch of tall weeds. Not looking where he was going, he tripped over something large and heavy hidden in the vegetation. As Georgie sat up, he came face to face with what had caused him to fall. It was two dead, decaying human bodies. Georgie covered his mouth in horror and disgust, his now-forgotten kite falling limply out of the sky. 
He tried not to vomit as a cloud of flies rose up from the corpses. He was no expert in dead bodies, but Georgie knew what he was looking at wasn't normal. The dead men's hands rested under their arms, almost as if they had laid down for a nap and never woken up. Despite the rugged terrain, both of the men wore full suits, protected by rain jackets. Two towels were folded neatly beside them, along with an empty water bottle. Strangest of all, each man wore a lead eye mask, shaped almost like sunglasses, but without the stems to hold them on their ears. If he had gone through the men's pockets, Georgie would have found driver's licenses that identified them as 34-year-old Miguel José Viana and 32-year-old Manuel Pereira da Cruz. He would have also found a receipt for the water bottle, a bit of pocket money, and a small notebook. This last item made the already strange case even stranger. One of the notebook's pages was covered in long, cryptic numbers. Another contained a series of instructions, which translates from the Portuguese as 4.30 p.m. be at the determined place. 6.30 p.m. swallow capsules. After effect, protect metals. Wait for mask signal. This odd, disjointed phrasing seemed to indicate that the two men were supposed to swallow some pills around 6.30 p.m., which probably explained the bottle of water. Then they were supposed to wait for the effects to kick in, and then wait for an unknown signal to don their lead eye masks. Once he got his wits about him, Georgie ran down the hill to report what he had found to the police. For whatever reason, the rough terrain, a backlog of cases, maybe plain laziness, they didn't come to investigate the scene until the next day. When the police gathered atop Vintame Hill, they realized this wasn't an ordinary investigation, and finding out what killed Manuel and Miguel wouldn't be easy. Since neither body showed any sign of external trauma, the police assumed that the victims had died from internal injury. They wondered if the capsules referred to in the notebook were poisonous. Unfortunately, by the time the police came to Vintame Hill, Manuel and Miguel's bodies had been there for over three days and had decomposed past the point where they could conduct a toxicology exam. This meant that they could never find out if the two men had died from ingesting a poisonous substance. An autopsy ruled that Manuel and Miguel had both died from heart attacks, but investigators had no idea what had caused them. If they were going to find out what killed the men in the lead masks, they'd have to find a witness who could tell them. It turned out that Manuel and Miguel were both electricians from the small town of Campos dos Coitacazes, about 125 miles to the northeast of Rio. Apparently, they made the long journey to Rio on August 17, 1966, to buy work supplies and a used car. They brought about 3 million Brazilian cruzeiros with them, the equivalent of roughly 7,500 US dollars today. But when police searched their bodies, they had less than $70 on them. At some point, they must have spent the money, 
or had it stolen. Around 5.30 p.m. on the 17th, witnesses saw Manuel and Miguel riding in a jeep to the bottom of Ventame Hill with three other men. One popular theory is that these three men robbed the victims. A few days into the investigation, the police deciphered the mysterious numbers that were in the notebook. They were serial numbers for specific electronic parts. It's unclear what exactly these parts were, but it's highly possible that they corresponded to items that couldn't be found in your run-of-the-mill store. Maybe Miguel and Manuel met up with a black market dealer to buy the parts. Considering that Brazilian currency was extremely unstable at that time, maybe it was difficult to purchase certain equipment through legal means. That could explain why they were wearing suits. If it was a high-level deal, they wouldn't want to look like amateurs. Additionally, the police wondered if the men in the Jeep were the dealers. They could have driven Miguel and Manuel to the hill so they could test the equipment away from prying eyes. Perhaps the dealers warned them that the equipment emitted radioactive energy. In this theory, the mysterious tablets they swallowed could have been potassium iodide, which helps protect the body from radioactivity. But unbeknownst to the victims, maybe the dealers had laced the tablets with poison. Then, once Miguel and Manuel died, they reclaimed the equipment back from the top of the hill and kept the money. However, there's one major element this theory doesn't account for the lead masks. Up next, we'll look at the most likely theory that explains the unusual eyewear and a surprising revelation from the police investigation. Now, back to the story. While lead does protect from radiation, there would be no reason for Miguel and Manuel to only protect their eyes if the equipment they bought was radioactive. But about a week after the bodies were found, a man named Elcio Gomes offered the police the possible reason behind the lead masks. When the police interviewed Elcio, he revealed that he, Miguel, and Manuel were what he called scientific spiritualists. Spiritualism was, and continues to be, a popular movement. Followers believed that people were powerful spirits whose bodies prevented them from achieving the full extent of their abilities. Through several cycles of reincarnation, a person could eventually gain the intellect and morality required to break from his or her mortal shell and become a spiritual being. When police searched Miguel's things, they found spiritualist literature confirming his and Manuel's beliefs. According to Elcio Gomes, Miguel and Manuel were working on machinery that would enable them to contact the spiritual beings that had ascended to a higher plane of existence. Gomes was certain that they had gone to Vintame Hill in the hope of talking to one of these beings. But the problem was the spirits were made of pure, blindingly bright light. It would be impossible to look upon one and remain physically and mentally intact. It would explain why the lead masks only covered their eyes. They would keep Miguel and Manuel from going blind if they came face to face with a spiritual being. 
This theory gained further credence when police dug up a four-year-old cold case file on another man who had been found dead atop a hill in Rio. Like Miguel and Manuel, he was an electrician and a spiritualist, and he had also been found wearing a lead eye mask. Additionally, scientific spiritualists were known to use psychedelics and other mind-altering drugs in their quest for enlightenment. The capsules that the notebook mentioned could have been LSD or some other drug. While it's incredibly rare to overdose on a hallucinogenic drug, maybe whoever sold it to them, perhaps during the mysterious 4.30 p.m. meeting from the notebook, had laced it with something poisonous. Throughout the years, this notorious unsolved case has attracted the interest of criminologists and conspiracy theorists alike, from ball lightning to UFOs to interdimensional wormholes. There's no shortage of theories on what Miguel and Manuel were doing up there. Yet still, the most likely theory is that the men were victims of a scam. Their drugs were laced with poison, their money and expensive electronics stolen. But without knowing what exactly killed Miguel and Manuel, it's impossible to piece together a definitive explanation for how they ended up dead on top of Vintame Hill. And even if we put on lead masks ourselves, we will probably never find out. For more information on the Lead Masks case, check out the episodes of Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories, which go more in-depth on this fascinating story. I'm Vanessa Richardson. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime, Unsolved Murders, and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Ron Shapiro, with production assistance by Paul Liebeskind, Maggie Admire, and Carly Madden. This episode of Today in True Crime is written by Alex Benedon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 